that. Uh, we're, um, if you will, go ahead and grab your Bibles. Mark, we're going to be in Mark chapter 7. We've uh, been going on this journey of a studying or looking at the book of Mark and watching these encounters that people have with Jesus. And of course, uh, what we've said is that the book of Mark is uh, the most fast-paced uh, look at what Jesus actually did. There's less about his teaching. There's less of his teaching in there, just more of what Jesus did. And so we're getting to look at that. And so want to jump in Mark chapter seven. We're going to be there this morning. Uh, I want to let you know that tonight we've been meeting our, our freedom group has been uh, meeting through uh, over the last few weeks on Sunday night, because it's Father's Day, we will not meet tonight, but then we'll pick right back up next Sunday evening, five o'clock uh, here. We have kids ministry. If you uh, would love to jump in, haven't been able to jump in, but would like to jump in, just go ahead and jump in because uh, this stuff is life-giving and we believe it's going to help uh, walk us through that process of living in the free life that Jesus has purchased for us. So we want you to be a part of that on Sunday evenings. Uh, not this Sunday evening, but we'll jump back in next Sunday evening, five o'clock, okay? All right, I'm gonna pray for us. We're just gonna ask God to show up uh, in, the, in the declaration of his word. Father, thank you for being here. Thank you for ministering. Thank you for speaking. Thank you for you being you. We can't thank you enough. We feel so covered. We feel so thought of by you. And I, I know that every one of us faces unique challenges. We, we face unique moments. Some of us, we might even feel like we've got a dark cloud over us. And yet you're the one who brings light into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. So we come to you, light of the world. Speak to us, we ask. And let us know and have your word. We ask these things in accordance with your will and your heart. In your name we pray, amen. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that I've uh, discovered in being a father and, um, and leading a family and leading kids is that uh, my, our, our, ch our children have a voracious appetite for candy just all the time. Not just candy, cookies, brownies, ice cream. It doesn't really matter. And what I mean by that is this. I like to spoil my kids with, with these things. So I'll do the chocolate chip pancakes. I like to do chocolate chip pancakes. I'll get chocolate chip muffins or I'll get fine stuff like that in the morning, right? And what I'll do is they'll get a chocolate, chocolate muffin with chocolate chips in it. It's just a massive amount of chocolate. And just, just, and just like load them up right first thing in the morning. It's like, and um, they'll have that. And then about 30 minutes later, one of my kids will come by and they'll say, dad, can I have some M&Ms? And I look at them a little perplexed, like, are you insane? Is there no limit to the amount of sugar that you will intake? And the answer is no, there's no limit. There are no limits to their uh, uh, willingness. Uh, even to the point of making themselves sick, they'll do it. Now, by the grace of God, we're good parents. We just say no, we keep saying no to these things at some point in time. I mean, you know, after they barf the first time, it's like, hey, no more, okay? No, I'm just kidding. We don't go that far. But what I have recognized is this, is uh, they know that 
that I'm the place to come to to ask for those things. They're gonna keep coming and they're gonna keep asking. They're gonna keep asking. And I mean, it's like, you know, listen, if, if the word Wendy, Wendy's comes out, I can guarantee you they're asking for a Frosty. Like we might, we're not even, not even talking about the restaurant. Like, hey, did you hear from Aunt Wendy? Oh, can we have a Frosty? No, that's, that's not, no, we're not doing that. All right, but that's, but this is what's on their mind and, they'll, and they're not afraid to ask. And we've all, now we've all been at places where uh, we have people that we might need something from or want something, not be candy, but we all have those ideas and thoughts or those experiences where you'll go to somebody to ask somebody for something. And based on, uh, we'll come to someone and ask for those things based on what we know to be true about the person we're asking or what we know to be true about the, what that person thinks about us. So you could think maybe it was a parent for you, maybe it was a dad, maybe it was something else, but you know you're willing to go ask for things over and over and over again, or you're willing to come and approach somebody because you know who they are or what they're about, or you know what they think about you. And you won't ask that question if you think that they don't have a high opinion of you. Have you ever noticed that? If you have somebody in your life that maybe you need something, but you think that they don't like you, then you won't go ask for that thing, right? You ever had that moment where there's something that you want, but you think that they're kind of against you, so you just stay as far away as possible. You don't ask the question. We've all had that experience before. This is what we get to see. There's a picture of asking that we get to see in scripture. And the, the asking has to do with the person that we're coming to. And this is what a, a woman is going to experience when she comes to Jesus and asks him for something. Look at Mark chapter seven, Mark chapter seven, uh, verse 24, Mark seven, verse 24. And from there, Jesus arose and he went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now, the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now, stop there. Now, just really quickly, Jesus essentially needs a vacation. So Jesus has been going and ministering almost nonstop. And he takes a moment and they leave Israel. So if you, they're gonna go north, they leave and they go out of Israel to what is essentially present day Lebanon. These, this this uh, Phoenician area called Tyre and Sidon, these two cities. And he's going out just to get a breather. And what we find out here is that he didn't want anybody to know where he was. He's essentially just taking a, a brief Vacation, But of course, guess what happens? When Jesus comes to town, word gets out, right? And so the woman hears about this, uh, about his arrival, and she boldly punches in. Now, for clarity, the, the scripture, the story wants to make it known, this is not a Jewish woman. These are, this, is not a, this is not a woman who's a part of the house of Israel. She's from this region. She is a Phoenician. She is a Gentile, and she's not a part of the house 
uh, of Israel. But because she's living in the region next to it, she understands and knows the Jewish customs. She understands what's going on. And she knows that she really doesn't have any business having this conversation with Jesus. But she's heard about what Jesus is doing. And she knows uh, about the ministry that he's had. And so she, she comes into this place. Now, she knows she has literally no religious, no moral, no cultural credentials whatsoever to be able to approach a Jewish rabbi. I mean, in every way, she is a Gentile, she's a pagan, she's a woman, and she has a daughter with an unclean spirit. All those things mark her as someone who has no business going to anybody, it really any of, in that day, any of the people of the Jewish faith whatsoever, any clean or leader of uh, the, the Jewish faith or a rabbi has no business whatsoever approaching uh, Jesus. But... She doesn't care, all right? Like a kid that doesn't care that I've already had a muffin and I don't want another one. She's gonna ask this question. She comes, she comes up unannounced and uninvited and she falls at his feet. And what the scripture tells us is she continually, or the verb tense here is letting us know, she's begging and she isn't stopping. She's continuing to ask over and over. Matthew's version actually tells us that the disciples, this is funny. She, it, it, we see here, she begins to beg Jesus for relief for her daughter that has got a demon that is destroying her life. And the disciples get so tired of her begging and asking that Matthew tells us that the disciples begged Jesus to get rid of her. The, it actually says the disciples begged him. Now, we like to give the disciples a hard time, but these guys are trying to cover Jesus, right? They've been walking with him. They know he's supposed to be on vacation, right? They're just trying to say, hey, healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries, vacation time. It's not ministry time, right? We understand that. They're trying to fight for healthy boundaries and, the, and Jesus is going there. You're going, oh, that's funny. I know about, I know about boundaries. Okay. Um, and so they're, they're asking, they know that Jesus is exhausted and she's pleading with him and she's not taking no for an answer. She's not going anywhere. So how does Jesus respond? Mark chapter seven, 27, he said to her, listen, let the children be fed first for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, at first glance, this feels a little bit like ouch. This feels like a little bit like that's maybe not the most kind potential way to say that thing. You ever had that? You ever had that, that moment where you maybe said something you're like, maybe I could have said that better. It's one of those, that, this is one of those moments where you look at that and go, Jesus, what, that, are, you, are, you, are you calling her a dog? I mean, it's, it's, that's kind of what you at least first ask the question, right? So, and hey, listen, this is a little different deal because like even in our culture, like we're, we are canine crazy culture. We love, we love our dogs, right? Come on. If I were to take a poll right now, which I won't do this to you just to save face, but let's be honest about our dogs. If we were to go and get into your attic and rummage through your Christmas stuff, we're gonna find that your dog has his own stocking. Be real, doesn't it? Real, your, your dog has a stocking, doesn't he, right? So we, we pretend like dogs are a part of the family, right? They're just a, like a, a one of the unit, right? So our, our culture's maybe a little bit different toward dogs, but essentially dogs in Jesus' day were essentially, uh, essentially wild animals. They were, 
They were, they were, low, they were scavengers. And anytime you see a dog, they're, they're trying to steal stuff. They're, it's not a pretty picture of what you see um, uh, at all. This is not dogs living necessarily the good life. This is dogs like, hey, they were actually known as unclean. Unclean, which is interesting that this is what's going on in this woman's life. She's got this unclean spirit that's taken residence in her daughter. And so is Jesus insulting her and calling her a dog? And the answer is, no, that's not what he's doing, all right? Now, one of the ways that we know Jesus taught, in fact, one of the most popular ways, the most profound ways that we see Jesus teaching in the scripture is through a thing we call parables. Parables or stories or pictures. In fact, parable actually just means, it actually means, uh, like, it means metaphor or likeness. That's what the word actually means. And what's going on here is he's got a picture, he's got a story, he's got a parable that he's trying to share. And he's saying, listen, here's a picture. It's not right to walk into a house and you neglect the children, you turn the thing upside down where you take care of the dog instead of taking care of the children. Now, listen, this lady is a mom. This lady's a mom, she gets this picture. She understands exactly what Jesus is saying. Listen, he's saying, you know how families eat. When you come to the table to provide for your family, who are you taking care of first? Taking care of your kids, taking care of the kiddos, right? The dogs are the secondary thought in this idea, in this, in this reality. It's not the puppies first, but it's the children. In fact, Jesus uses, the, the word that he uses here for dog is actually little dog or puppy. He said, listen, we're gonna take care of the kids before we take care of the, the puppies. In fact, in the, in the Matthew account, Jesus is actually really plain, and here's what he says. I actually came, he, said, he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Meaning, listen, the, the mission that God gave me is to this people group for this time. And we know that's true because Jesus came to say, everything that has been spoken of all throughout the scripture was pointing toward me. And I am the answer. I am the fulfillment of all the scriptures, promises. I am the fulfillment of all the prophets, priests, kings. I'm the fulfillment of the temple. I am the one you've been looking for. And it makes sense. And it's, it's landing here with the Jewish people, but it's not time yet. And we know that there's a coming day where Jesus is gonna open this whole thing up to the entire world. But he knew his mission there was for that moment to the Jewish people. And so he answers, or she, I'm sorry, so she answers him. So she gets his story and she says, he's saying, hey, you know that it's not right. I'm gonna I have to take care of the kids first before we take care of the dogs. And you as a mama, you understand this picture. And look at her response. Now this is awesome. But she answered him. Yes, that's true, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. So I love this. Now, I love this about this woman because she stays right in the story. She stays right in the parable. She gets right into the picture with him. And I love this because she's not afraid of this word picture. She understands as a mama, but then she understands kids. And all of you who have had kids know this, kids make messes. Now, we're, we're just, we're slightly removed from the toddler years, but if you've ever had a toddler, some of you got grandkids, toddler, what do toddlers do? 
when you set food in front of them, they grab a handful of it. All right, they get the mac and cheese and then they squish it because they wanna know what it feels like. And then there's some that's poking out on the bottom and then they'll shove it into their mouth and they'll go, that's awesome. And then they'll think, this is what toddlers do, they'll go, I would love to know the aeronautical properties of mac and cheese. You know, and they just let it fly, right? This is what they do. And they're just totally discovering. And what happens is, is when you give kiddos food, it, it doesn't really matter really at this point at what age, because there's just always crumbs and there's food on the ground. And in fact, when we were thinking, when our family was thinking about whether or not we were gonna get a dog. And I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I was kind of in the camp of like, hey, if we never have a dog, I'm gonna be okay. But we, you know, you have the emotional like up with the kids and have the experience and we would love for them to be able to take care of this thing that's gonna chew up all their stuff and you know, all that kind of, you know, learn the responsibility of that. But then my wife says one thing. She says, but if we get a dog, they'll eat all the junk on the rug underneath the table. And I was like, sign me up. I'm in on that deal. Let's do this. I want this right now. I want this animal. I want him and I want him eating all of it because there's nothing worse than, let's be honest, is there anything worse than cleaning up under the dining room table? And especially if you have toddlers, it's just a pride swallowing moment of life, right? You just gotta get up under there and it's like dried mac and cheese, what, I'm scraping stuff off legs, it's weird. But you have a dog and he gets the crumbs, all right? And this is what this lady's saying. She's going, hey, listen, I know, you do. I know you're supposed to take care of the children first. I don't have a problem with that. But even when you feed kids, the crumbs fall and you get to this moment you get to this place. Well, by the way, just, just so you know, this is the dog I'm talking about. That's our animal. That's our, this is our fluffy dog. And then he's, he's assimilated into our family now. Show that. All right, that's him. So this is, this is our animal that eats. Just, wanted you, just so you had some reference for this, our new vacuum cleaner. This is what he is. That's essentially what he is. All right, you can take that down. Listen. The, we have this moment you get this picture. And she comes and says, listen, I understand that, I understand where you're going with this. I understand the message, but there's something that I understand more. And that's this, Jesus, you're enough. You're enough. That you might be to the house of Israel, but I know who you are. Are. I've heard of what you have done. And even if, it, even if this, all that you are is given to the table, I know that, there, that those of us under the table, so to speak, are able to receive from you. I believe you're enough. That's the statement that she begins to make. All, and listen, in our culture, almost, almost every day, there's a fight for rights. All the time, what we find is people fighting for rights. In fact, I'd say the, the whole of our democracy is built on this idea that we have the right to the pursuit of happiness, right? Or the, what is it? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? In our own governing documents, we have a thing called the Bill of Rights, where people come and say, I have a right to 
this particular way of living or this particular way of being treated. Um, we have these rights. And, and so when we think about come, in fact, right now, depending, no matter where you land on the political spectrum, the constant barrage of news are people fighting over rights. Who has the rights for this or that or whatever? We understand getting all amped up and even raging a little bit about our rights. We feel that even as Americans. This is actually the opposite of fighting for rights. In fact, she's actually saying, listen, I know I don't have any right to this. She's actually coming and saying, listen, I'm not offended because I'm not, I understand I'm not a part of the house of Israel. She isn't demanding for her human rights. She's not saying, Jesus, I deserve this. She's not saying, Jesus, you owe me. She's actually coming and being assertive in the most respectful way possible. And I love uh, what Tim Keller says in his book, Jesus the King, it, this quote, he says, she's not saying, Lord, give me what I deserve on the basis of my goodness. She's saying, give me what I don't deserve on the basis of your goodness. And I need it now. See, this is a different kind of asking. We often, I think as Americans think, we should come based on some kind of I deserve or some kind of rights. And the, the thought process we have when we're asking for things is give me what I deserve. And, and what we're seeing here from this woman is she's saying, listen, I understand. I don't deserve. This is not mine to have but I'm not coming to you on what I deserve. I'm coming to you on the fact that you're good. I'm coming to you because I know that while your ministry is here, there's enough for you. There's enough of you for those of us that aren't at the table, so to speak. And she isn't afraid of that. That's what God is searching for deep down. This is what God is looking for from each one of us. Those who will come to him for all he has, not because God has to do anything for us, but because we just know that he's good, like a, like a child coming to a father for candy, coming and saying, God, I'm coming to you because you're good, because I know that there is life in you. You have enough and you have the answer. There's something that God has. There's something that he wants to give, to release, to reveal. And we come to him and say, listen, Jesus, I'm coming to you because I don't have any other options. I'm coming to you because I understand that you are the source. This is the kind of drawing near, if you will, that God is wanting and desiring from his people. This is what it looks like. Have you ever wondered, how, do, how are we supposed to approach God? What's the manner, what's the attitude in which God wants us coming? How do we come by faith? Do we stamp our hand and demand? What is it that's in his heart to do? What is it is in his heart to receive from us? And the picture here is, now listen, I see there's one who's abundant and I'm not coming to Jesus because I deserve anything. I'm coming to him because he's good. And I know that he is enough. I know that he is enough. See, she, she sees the gospel. She sees the picture. This is the gospel, right? Isn't that, this is the story. 
I may not, in fact, I don't deserve, but you're good. And that's the kind of asking that God is asking us to do, wanting us to come to him and understand. Listen, this is the way we're meant to pursue our God. That's what this story is telling us. And so the question is, is how? And how do we come? And the picture here is just like this woman. First, we don't stop asking. How do we come? We just don't stop asking. We don't start, stop coming to him and saying, God, we know that you're good. In fact, uh, Luke tells us, uh, Luke chapter 18 tells us this story where there's, uh, in fact, Jesus actually tells another parable. And he says, there's this story where this woman, she's demanding justice over her adversaries. And the problem is the judge isn't righteous and so he doesn't care, but she keeps asking and she keeps asking and she keeps asking. And the unrighteous judge who doesn't really care just says, listen, just because you won't stop asking me, fine, you can have justice. And Jesus makes this remark. He says, if, that, if an unrighteous judge is willing just to give because he's just keep willing to ask and pound the door and say, Lord, would you give, would you give? Then what would God do? In fact, he said, Luke 18, verse seven. And will not God give justice to his elect or his people who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he'll give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? God's just looking for those day and night askers. Just those that are willing to go, listen, there's something going on that I need. There's something going on that it, in your heart I'm, I'm asking you to do and I'm willing to come to you day and night, not as a right or not because I deserve, but because I trust in your goodness. That asking of God is what begins to authenticate that belief and trust in Jesus, in the gospel, is the willingness to ask, the willingness to continue to come and not to shrink back in any way. In fact, God, I, Jesus expects us to come with an expectancy to him. We, we come with an expectancy. John chapter 14, Jesus says this, says, listen, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, those are some strong words. Those are some strong words. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. The question is this, is Jesus giving us a blank check to demand anything we want? And the answer is no. That's not what he's saying at all. What this does demonstrate though is this, there's an openness of a father who says, listen, when you ask in my name, meaning when you line yourself up with my heart, when you hear who I am and what I'm doing, when you come and begin to ask in accordance with my will and who I am, I promise you, you'll, you will see my goodness. The prom listen, the promise is not that he will do exactly what we ask. The promise is we'll always, always, always have and see his goodness, always. God will always be good to us. We may not enjoy, we may not like how it's going in the moment. We may not see and understand the full picture, but when we come in accordance with who he is, we ask in accordance with his name, God promises to meet us in that place. Always, always, always. Look at what he says uh, back in verse 20, uh, on verse 29. And he said to her, listen, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left 
your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in a bed and the demon gone. Uh, the Matthew account in 15 puts it this way. Jesus says this, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. Now here, this is what's great. She comes to him. She knows she's not coming to him on the basis of any kind of right, but she believes in his goodness and she's willing to keep asking. And what his, I love his response. Oh man, that's the kind of faith I wanna see. That's the kind of asking I wanna see in my people. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not afraid of the ask. In fact, I think he's calling for the ask. I think he's looking for a group of people that are willing to come to him and say, I don't see the stuff happening. I don't see everything lined up. I see the places that are broken and I'm just coming to ask. I'm not demanding by my rights. I'm just coming and believing your goodness and God, will you show up? Will you move? Will you work? And his promises, he will do good. His promises will do, well, he may not give the answer we exactly want, but his promises he'll he will show us his goodness. So when we see scriptures where Jesus is saying, will, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I think that he's saying, well, I have a people that are asking me and contending for more, more of me, more of what I wanna do, more of what I want to accomplish in their lives and through their lives. Inevitably in this room right now, you got things that you're asking God to heal or change or transform. You're asking God to move and do miracles in relationships and in workplaces. And you're asking God to do works of restoration and reconciliation. And you have people that you love that don't love God and you're reaching out to them and there doesn't seem to be any connection. We have a billion different things going on, ways that we feel like we're maybe not provided for and we feel scared for the days ahead and we're walking through all of these situations and circumstances and Jesus is just going, ask, just ask, come. I promise you'll see my goodness. Anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. Trust me, I'm good. This is who God is and this is what he does. Great is your faith. And God is faithful to heal. I think this message is, I think this message Jesus is trying to get across is way less about healing. And it's just more about delighting in God when we come, delighting in God and the delight that we receive from him when we come to him with boldness. Do you believe that God on, on this Father's Day, do you believe that God delights in you and I coming to him in boldness to keep asking? Like this woman, like the widow looking for justice, day and night, God, do, would you please move on our behalf? Do you believe that God, not that God is tolerating you as a father who's disinterested, do you believe, listen, that God leans in to you when you ask? Do you believe he scoops you up and listens to your voice when you ask? Do you believe he treasures the asking? Because this is the difference between those that are willing by faith to ask and those that aren't. 
it's actually not in the need. Every one of us has a laundry list of needs. The asking is in the goodness of the one who provides. That's where the faith, listen, we said this last week, but I'm just gonna say it again. The faith that we're coming with is not about our circumstance, it's in the person that we're coming to and trusting him for it. Faith is interceding and asking for God to come through for us, for our mess, for our loved ones, for our kids, for every situation and believing that we'll see his goodness. Because sometimes the actual healing is there. Sometimes he just actually heals right in that moment like he does, does for this woman. Sometimes God pushes the pause button to call our hearts out. Sometimes the answer is no, but in every moment, in every place, in every circumstance, we can expect, God, you're good. And we can rest in God's goodness. In fact, that's, that's probably one of the most important things in the asking is that we can contend, but we're asking, the asking that we do is, is with a rest, a spirit of rest. Resting in, in him and resting in his goodness. Hebrews 4, verse 15, we'll finish up with this scripture. For we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Asking is just a part of the faith journey. God is looking for those that are willing to come bold, bold with big asks in him trusting him and believing in him. So here's my question. What are you asking for in accordance with the name of Jesus? What are you asking for? That's the core question that we're, we come to is that what are we asking God to do? What ways are we asking him to move? And what ways are we trusting him for provision or for hope or reconciliation or for life or for answers or for trust or whatever it is that we are asking him for. What deep down are we asking God to do and we're having to lean on the character of the son of God, on his goodness, on his personality, on who he is and what are we asking him to do? I think, listen, God put this scripture, this story in here on purpose. There's a call for us to come and ask and to trust him in new ways, to believe him. So what are we asking for in accordance with his name, his will? What are we asking for him to do? What are we believing and trusting him for? It's a different life that God's wanting us to come into and trust him. It's, there's some big things in the days ahead. God has big things. Things, I'd say this, every one of us is being called to something we cannot do on our own. Every one of us is being asked to take a step that is beyond us and past us and bigger than us.
every one of us. What are we asking him to do? We're coming to him by faith. Let's just pray. We're just going to take one minute and pray. We're going to finish this morning. Father, I ask right now. I ask him right now, God, there's something that is beyond us. Like this woman who had no way to heal her child. We're coming to you. We're not coming to you because we are owed anything or because we deserve anything. We, in fact, we lay those things to the side right now. Just gonna put aside our rights. Well, we're coming to you on one condition, you're good. We're coming to you in your goodness. Father, we see you right now. Now, as you're before the Father, would you just ask him, Lord, would you move for me? Unashamedly, with confidence, before the throne of grace, with boldness, God, come through. Some of you are asking for a healing or a physical restoration. Would you just ask with boldness? Some of you are asking for relationships to be restored. Some of you are asking for those that don't know Jesus or they're far from him, they've turned their back. You're asking. Listen, you're coming to a good king, his safe place. Lord, would you meet us? Ask him. Lord, would you put this ask in our heart? Would you put in us a coming to you and a faith to believe and trust in you when we cannot see the way? We thank you that you're so good. Be with us today. Walk with us today. Speak to us today. In fact, I just, I silence the voice of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus where the enemy would come and tell you you don't deserve or you haven't done enough or you're not good enough or you haven't asked hard enough. Faith of the mustard seed, Jesus just asks, trust. Silence the voice of the enemy. I, I pray that the, the voice of the spirit of God would wash over us and that today we would rest. Every weight off your shoulders, I just pray this right now, every heavy yoke, off your shoulders right now in Jesus' name. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You have the favor of the King. You come asking for the goodness of your dad who sees you and knows you. I pray today, God, we'd walk out of the unimaginable, unending goodness of God in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. You guys stand. We're going to just finish with a benediction. We're going to close out. We're going to have prayer partners down front. Just to
few of our people here ready to, uh, to just pray with you about anything going on in your life. If you just want somebody to partner with you for some things that God's doing in you, we'd love just to be able to pray with you. We wanna be able to do that. Praying together as a family, that's what families do. And so you guys stand. If you feel comfortable, you can put your hands out just to receive the blessing of the Lord. You don't have to do that, but uh, you can get blessing either way. But we just like to position ourselves to receive. Let's pray. Father, I bless Bless his people in the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you, give you his grace. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God, may we walk in supernatural peace today. We receive it in your name. Amen. Love you guys. Blessings on you. We'll see you next week.